0: Guess what? It's time for Not For Nothing with Chris and Chris here on Little Water Radio or your favorite podcast provider. Guys, if you can hear Chris in the background, that's because he is working on something spectacular. We have a special guest um, calling in, actually two special guests calling in. Uh, I know you guys, as our listeners and fans, are also huge fans of Mike and the Mad Dog. And, uh, and if you're fans of Mike and the Mad Dog, well, then you watched the uh, 30 for 30 last Thursday. And guess what? Our own Mike, the Mad Dog, Mike Davey, hooked it up uh, with his friend Mario Diaz, who uh, is going to be uh, – he's actually on the horn right now. We're going to talk to him a little bit about the 30 for 30 documentary that he produced. Uh, and if we're, we have any luck, we're going to get Dan Fora, the director, on the phone as well. Chris is working the lines real quick to see if we can make that happen. You know? Ever since Alex left, we don't have a producer here. We got to do things in-house. It's not always seamless, but I promise you guys, it's going to be worth every cent. Um, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty stoked. I've been stoked all week. And if Chris were standing next to me right now, he would be saying, I, I'm stoked too. But he's, uh, he's, working, he's working the phones hard like it's a Jerry Lewis telethon. So while we wait. I'm going to tell you a funny little anecdote. So the way this came to be, if you listen to the show, I don't know, two weeks ago, I had Nick's fan extraordinaire, also Yankee fan. He kept mentioning that on the pod. uh, Mike Davey, who's been on this show a couple times. He's our he's our Nick's expert. He comes in and complains about things. And when Phil got fired, it seemed like a perfect time to have him on air while we were getting ready to go on air. He mentioned in passing that he had actually gone to the Tribeca Film Festival last year and seen the Mike and the Mad Dog documentary already before it had come out and then explained that his good friend Mario, Mr. Mario Diaz, produced it. And then I just took a shot in the dark and said, "Hey, would Mario want to talk to us?" And you know what? Mario's on the phone right now. So we're uh, we're I think we're close to plugging in. We're Will I'm getting no response from Chris he looks stressed um so funny funny story about this the reason that it the reason that it (laughs) now you're you're just gonna listen to this phone call in the uh, I hope you enjoy it Chris Chris, got anything else you want (laughs) you to turn your mic on this is great radio oh so we're standing by are we what do we got Chris what do we got what do we got, bud? What do we got? Dan, Mario, you guys there?
1: Yeah, we're here.
0: Fantastic. How are you guys? Good. Great. Can you hear us okay?
1: I you sound far like away. You're far away. <laughs>
0: do I sound closer now? No. No? <laughs> I sound more far away.
1: No, that, the same far away. <laughs> the same yeah. far away?
0: Um yes. That's too bad. Uh, Chris, can you, let me try same far away?
2: you're Any- still very far away. Okay. Oh jeez.
0: <laughs> All right. Um well, I apologize for that. I far away. We'll talk. <laughs> we'll talk slow, concise and to the point. And uh, if you don't understand a question, just pretend you do. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we're,
4: we're
2: good at the, we're good at yeah. <laughs> just yeah. nod your head and, wait, and smile. So can, you can't you can't make it louder on your end. Uh,
0: we, I've not I've for pushed, you guys. I don't think I've pushed the levels as high as they'll go on our end without like blasting everyone. Um, I don't think I have another hack. Does that make any difference? No, I don't think so. No, Chris, can you turn up the your your phone yeah. directly? So does that help at all? Okay. A little
2: bit. All right. Yeah, a little bit. All
0: right. We're maxed out. So we'll, pr- we'll pretend that, that it worked. Um, it, it's I, okay. Mario warned me.
2: <laughs> 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 no,
0: I didn't. <laughs> so, t- just so, just just so uh, just to give you a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a backstory or what I was just yammering on about. We have Dan Ford, director mm-hmm. and producer of uh, the Thirty for Thirty, Mike and the Mad Dog, Doc uh, as well as Mario Diaz producer and uh Editor. ex ex bartender extraordinaire with Mike Davey <laughs> I believe Yeah, correct? that's right. Ooh. Is Mike Davey around today? Mike Davey's not he's not there right now, but he is he's here in spirit. We actually uh had a we had a steak dinner on Friday night and talked about this a
2: little bit. I see. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's great. That's cool. Yeah, uh, he's my old my old bartending buddy from my old bartending days. He's
0: he's sort of our he's sort of our de facto Knicks like anytime anything bad happens with the Knicks, which is fairly frequently, he comes on laments <laughs> about right. it. Especially lately, and and oddly enough, Mike and I met playing basketball, and to piss him off, whenever we were playing, I used to call him Mike Francesa. So it's kind of full circle.
2: That <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Okay, so, it all comes full circle then. So, so
0: that's how we that's how we got here um so gentlemen i'm gonna let chris uh, like talk for two seconds and uh <laughs> and uh just so and, i can get and ed- word you know, in edgewise and, and, and i just want to say in advance thank you guys so much and congratulations on an amazing uh film it was it was terrific thank you yeah thank you, guys,
4: thank you for joining us this is great um this is an actual pleasure uh so just to kind of get uh, started and whatnot can you guys give us a little background? On on how this kind of came to be for maybe the both of you and and why this project and 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 what kind of helped get it off the ground because I I've read some things that it it took a long time per, apparently.
1: It, it started actually with failure. It, <laughs> it starts all good things start exactly. It, it, it started with me. Um, Going into uh, ESPN, following my last thirty for thirty, one called "Free Spirits" about the spirits Mm -hmm. of St. Louis, very enthusiastic about three new ideas that I had. And at the meeting, I pitched all three ideas, and uh, they smiled and they nodded. And I said, "Okay, which one are they going to take?" And when we were done, it was clear they liked all three, but they didn't love any of them. (laughs) And so, not to have wasted uh, the trip in the hotel room from LA to New York. I said, listen, before I go, do you have any passion projects, anything you've always wanted to do and you haven't been able to do? And they kind of smiled and nodded and said, well, there's one. There's one that we've had uh, for since the inception of 30 for 30s that we've wanted to do on Mike and the Mad Dog. Do you know who they are? (laughs) Uh, And I I had worked with Mike Francesa. Uh, when i started at cbs in the early 80s uh you know wow. i was doing the college football show and he was researcher for brent musberger and then he became a uh, kind of a producer for brent musberger and then he became on air talent so yeah i knew mike uh and they said but we've got to tell you something we've tried to do this about six times over the last decade and each time something has not worked and it's usually been that mike Princessa has declined to do it and i said hey you know what, uh, I don't know, I'm not gonna promise anything, but let, let me see what I can do. That night, I happened to have had a uh, <clears throat> dinner scheduled at a wonderful Chinese restaurant in New Canaan, Connecticut with my ex-boss, uh, my former boss from CBS Sports, Ted Baker, and I happened to share with him the story about ESPN passing on my three ideas, but they had this thing about Mike and Chris. He said, you know what, I've been in touch with Mike sporadically, uh, let me reach out to him and see if he's interested. And so uh, about a month later, Ted uh, scheduled a meeting with Mike at the WFAN studios uh, in New York. Uh, And I guess they spoke for about an hour in his office. And when they were done, Mike said, you know what, I think I may be ready to look back on my 30 years uh, here at the station. And so uh, he then went and met with Chris. And I'm not sure he even got anything beyond 30 for 30 and Chris yelled, I'm in. And so uh, he came back to me and he said, listen, they both said they'd do it. So we got on the phone with uh, ESPN and we said, we think they're in. And ESPN was very, very excited and everybody was all happy until ESPN said, you know what? This is going to be great. This is going to be one of our best 20-minute shorts we've ever done. And we we said, excuse me. And they said, yeah, we see this as a 20-minute short. And at that point we were obliged to go back to uh, mike and chris and let them know and they were disappointed of but course. they didn't back out um and then uh, uh john the and jenna anthony at, ES- at espn said listen um w- we want to uh you know p- put the editor we want to pick the editor for this um and uh, they had not picked the editor for my uh, prior uh, two films uh but they also knew that the editor that i had worked on had retired uh, jeff warner and uh, they came up with you know, one or two people. They floated the name, do you know them, kind of thing. And then all of a sudden, John Dahl, uh, who's the exec- executive producer for ESPN Films, said, wait a second, I know who's perfect for this. And it was, okay, <laughs> who's perfect for this? Bated breath, drum roll please. And they said, Mario Diaz. And my first reaction was, "Who the blank is Mario Diaz?" <laughs> and, yeah. and then they told me he had done Brothers in Exile, mm, right. and Brothers in Exile was one of my favorite thirty mm. for thirties. Yeah, as Mike would say, definitely one of my top five. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I said, "This, this is exciting." I said, you know, you know what's yeah. interesting about this story,
2: Dan, is that it's a shotgun marriage too. It's right. just yeah, like it, Mike yeah. and Chris. Marriage. Yeah, there,
1: there's a big, there's a big difference. So we were not at, at each other's throats from day one. <laughs>
2: No, uh, like, like from day ten. Yeah, you eased into that. <laughs> we, we
1: we met. Uh, I called up Mario, and because he uh, they told me he's in L.A. This could be great, and you know, and I, I uh, am open to working with anybody who I find uh, has the same goals that I do, which is to make it the most entertaining, creative, and uh, journalistically sound uh, story that we can. And we met at a place called Aroma Cafe on um, Little Tahunga here in L.A. And from the minute we sat down. I felt as though I had known Mario uh, for my whole life. It that's was awesome. just a wonderful, wonderful, you know, uh, aura about him that I embraced. And we sat down, we started talking. You want to take it from there, Mario? What? Well, that's my side of it. I'm sticking <laughs> by it. What's yours?
2: <laughs> like, who the hell are they, are they pairing me up with is what I thought. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I felt the same warmth. I mean, not, you know, not to stroke your ego or anything, but like, I think Dan is one of the nicest, genuinely one of the nicest people I've ever met in my entire life. Uh, really, you know, somebody who just is open and very giving and, um, you know, I mean, he, had, you know, I don't know that we talked uh, anything creative that day, but we did, you know, we did, we sort of like talked about... You know who we were um, but I just felt really comfortable and that's always a good you know that's a good starting point for a project um, and then we you know we took it from there but um, that's
0: I mean that's really, you know, don't, that's impressive because that's exactly what Mike Davey says about you Mario like almost word-for-word word, so that's kind cool of
2: cool that. oh that's nice <laughs> yeah. that's great yeah. I have to call him and uh, pay him his check now <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh no it was it was cool i mean i i was adamant from the beginning that it should not be a 20 minute short that that was ridiculous um because i knew how much material there was you know i think most people
0: I, would think that it's a it's worthy of three hours like i i <laughs> think... right.
2: easy right i mean i, I assume there's the, enough and,
4: material
1: and that's, just, and that's just part one right right, <laughs> <laughs> right. the first 10 years <laughs>
4: um there but there i mean I, I imagine there is enough material that you guys could have easily done two to three hours and, and still made it entertaining and enjoyable uh you know to watch the whole thing though right
1: uh, interesting there's probably enough material in the memory of fans yeah it's a whole different thing when you're putting together a documentary and you need the actual audio from the radio show or the video from when they were simulcast mm. And it was very, very difficult in many instances. We knew what was out there. We knew the, the, the sticks that people wanted to hear, but digging them up was very, very difficult. That fell to a gentleman named Vin D'Anton at ESPN and Jason Healy uh, out here, uh, who were our, uh, if you will, uh, archive producers. And they went out to find the material and mario can be extremely demanding when he wants something and they would send him material over and over again and he would say nope not good enough nope not good enough nope not good enough and then all of a sudden he would call me and say you won't believe what they found
2: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's true. I am demanding that way, but you know, I mean, that's how you get the good stuff.
1: Right, right. Plus, plus, Vin and
2: Jason are super accommodating. I, you know, they know that this is, this is what it is. Sometimes when you're cutting something, um, you know, you, you, you're, you're basically you're, you know, you're living with it. You know what it is. You know exactly what shot you need in a certain scene, um, and uh, and they they're not looking at the cut. You know, they're just going by you know my description. So it just takes takes
1: a few few rounds. You know, you hear writers talk about their story living on the page, that as they're typing, it's coming alive, they don't know where they're going next with it. Uh, as a total compliment, Mario's stories live in his edit. And there are times where he's got an idea of where he wants to go, but once he starts in on it, it takes on a whole new life. And it's, that's the exciting part. That's what made this so special is that he responded to the material and at times forced the the material to respond to him to tell the story in a very novel and unique way and it was really really special uh now total credit goes to mario and we also had if you will an assistant editor on this named john Fontanelli the third yes the third Uh, (laughs) (laughs) long line editors (laughs) who's who's a new york kid who kind of teed a lot of the stuff up for Mario to then go in and actually do the edit and everybody on this uh, team was invaluable everybody played a part I and mean, everybody can point to different parts of the film and say hey I'm responsible that. for that and the truth is they are
0: that's i mean, that's really awesome to hear I, I it's hard for me to to properly judge this film because I was so excited for it to come <laughs> out and like and watching it I was just you know it was it happened so fast it was like it, I I don't know if I'm an accurate gauge of if it was too if it you know if it if it was too short or if it was just right also like living in new york and having been around at that time it's hard for me as a mike and the mad dog fan to know how it translates to you know to joe in nebraska or or whatever is that something that you guys had to take into consideration having known mike i assume known mike and the mad dog you know b- before making the film
2: I Well, you know, I mean, if if I can take this one, Dad, I think uh, for me, I, you know, I was less aware of the Mike and the Mad Dog, um, I don't know, history. Uh, I didn't know, you know, what the big hits were. I came at it from, you know, when you talk about this, uh, you know, you guys were talking about length. Um, You know, I mean, we can certainly put together a film that's three hours long that has a bunch of highlights, but I was interested in them as people. And so Mm -hmm. for me, it was more about, like, um, structuring the film in a way that would reveal their character beyond what you know, beyond what they've already revealed on the radio, which is which is considerable, really. And I, you know, and I wanted that part to be very moving and to be sort of the the foundation of the film. So in that in that regard, I thought like we did our job in an hour. You know, we kind of saw a glimpse of, of of who they were as people um but you know uh certainly you could you could open it up and do more of that i mean i, I just wanted to uh, to me it was important to show the stuff you don't really see like you know i love to see chris and his in his house you know with yeah. his wife and yeah. i'd love to see mike in the car and those moments to me are the kind of thing that film that, you know the, the kind of thing that film can only do or tv can only do you can't really do that on the radio mm-hmm.
0: yeah absolutely i mean i could say honestly my wife had never heard of mike and the mad dog and we watched together and she you know she was really touched by i think those parts that you're talking about the sort of human side of things and got a good slice of what that show achieved and what it was you know sort of about what it like meant to new yorkers and i think that part of that is you know opening with the Francesicon. Stuff <laughs> which is just weird and oddball, and sort of shows right? how you know how re- really sort of iconic they've become in almost in breaking up more than you know being together. I think
1: when when we went to shoot Francesca Khan, uh, it it dawned on all of us. Uh, Oh, my goodness, this is more than your basic 30 for 30. We haven't, we have a hardcore audience out there that probably knows this story as well, if not better than we do. And they're going to be looking at this under a magnifying glass. And they're going to let us know instantaneously, if we drop the ball, and we let them down. Now, we weren't doing the film for them. But we were aware that they were out there and they were going to be our staunchest critics. Uh, And so we felt that. And we did not want to let them down. Um, When we looked at the film, it was interesting in that um, between Ted Shaker, the executive producer, and myself and Mario, we each saw different aspects of the film that we were passionate about. Uh, Mario just spoke about the area that he was passionate about, about their relationship and shedding more light on who they were as people than you could get on the radio. Uh, I was very interested in their history, the history of WFA and the history of the right. show. Yeah. Our executive producer, Ted Shaker, was fascinated by their legacy and their contributions to the industry and how the industry uh sports talk radio probably would not exist in the format and certainly wouldn't be as large as it is today without them and we each as we went through the process we each kind of nurtured that section of the garden for us uh and each one pushed that to the limit, see how much of that story we could get in uh i personally uh could we have done more than an hour of course we could have if we had done more than an hour, would people be complaining that it was uh, wasn't long enough? I don't think so. And I always <laughs> prefer to film for people to look at it and say, "Gee, I want more," than for them to at absolutely the end of the film say, "Hey, it was nice, but you know what? It, at the end, it kind of dragged a little."
0: Yeah, I think right. I. I d- please don't take my comment about it being three hours as a,
3: as a <laughs> as anything right.
0: other than yeah a compliment. It's just. It was such a seamless watch and, and was, was absolutely terrific, and I mean, I mean that. And I know, having turned on the radio the next morning and heard Mike and the Mad Dog on the fan right. screaming right. at each other about how excited they were about the documentary, that they, too, were uh, pretty impressed with the outcome. With the
1: There's one very funny story from the broadcast. Um, uh, that uh, uh, I don't think we've shared anywhere else. And that's that our original cut of the film, Mario's what, 53, 54 minutes? Mm -hmm. And we had to take like three minutes out. And for a first cut to a final cut, that is like nothing. But it was still hard because the three minutes we had to take out, we were really, really attached to. And there was one section that we did not want to cut because we all loved it so much. And that was D.A. Damon Amadillara. Talking about recreating their debate over the presidents of the United States, who was the who was the best one, and it killed <laughs> us. But that we we, we actually uh, we cut it, and we said, okay, this is bonus material, and we've all pained that we could not get it into the cut. Uh, our associate producer, Vin D'Anton at ESPN, secretly. Pulled that section, and they've got it kind of like a media expert section that they drop in the middle as an interstitial around commercials. Right. And he didn't tell any of us that he had salvaged it, Mm -hmm. and he had put it in the film in the broadcast. And when that came on, everybody on our production team went absolutely nuts. That's amazing. And that's something we desperately wanted in. He found a way to get in. That's incredible. it was wonderful we were it was right. i
2: i didn't see it until i was i was working i was shooting something and um i was actually interviewing somebody in a studio and my phone started blowing up i was like what the hell happened (laughs) and it was and it was these guys you know going back and forth um you know talking about the presidents. that was really fun that was it was really a, a cool surprise I also want to. I want to go back to what you were saying about your girlfriend and how she enjoyed the. Did you say girlfriend or wife? I
0: said I said wife, but I appreciate. Oh, it. Oh, sorry, <laughs> wife. Yeah.
2: Uh, the girlfriend is, is is another person, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, uh, because I think what you know, Dan was saying that we all had sort of uh, things that we wanted to focus on in the film, and we, you know, surprisingly, we found room for all of it. Um, but I think that there was one thing that we all kind of agreed on, which was that we wanted to make a film that our, you know, significant others, you know, would like, our our wives would would enjoy, too, on a human level. And I also think that that was kind of cool, that, um, that the response from, uh, from women has also been really, you know, which are not predominantly the, you know, the audience of uh, Mike and the Mad Dog. <laughs> yeah. uh, but they, they, you know, they've responded really well to it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think w- one of the highlights for us was uh, the Tribeca Film Festival. We're uh, premiered in May. And, you know, we had all been to premieres. All our films had premieres. But when we walked up to the um, uh, Performing Arts Center uh, uh, in the uh, Tribeca, and all of a sudden you see a, a, a theater, it's a theater in the round, there's a thousand seats, people are wrapped around the corner, You know they're around the block for it. Uh, and you realize, hey, this is something special. And we all realized instantly that this was not your ordinary premiere. And then after it showed, it was kind of raucous, and they did Q a and a and it was great. But the thing that surprised me most, and I don't know about you, Mar, is afterwards, all the women who came up and said, my boyfriend dragged me here, my husband dragged me here, I really yeah. didn't want to come. Boy, that was special. And the one comment that I heard a couple of times was this isn't a sports movie. And I'd say, what kind of movie is it? They said, it's a love story between the yeah, two. Absolutely, yeah.
0: And it's yeah. and it's surprisingly tender, and I don't know how how you pulled that off, you know, with well, two monster egos like that.
4: Well, I had actually a question about that because it was it was sort of that's kind of the takeaway I got from it right away. And I was I was actually watching it with my wife as well, and she knew a little bit more about those guys, <laughs> but didn't really care as much. But she enjoyed it, and I and I think that was part of the reason was it was sort of this love story, and then and then I I sort of took that away from it too. But is that was that your guys' sort of intention from the beginning, or did that kind of happen along the way as you, got, as you kind of went along in this process, or did you just kind of end up that way as the finished product?
1: Well, Mario, Mario's a sap, so it was probably his <laughs> intention, but, he, but, 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 but he, he never told me about it. Okay.
2: <laughs> no, listen, I mean, when, you, when you're editing something or even putting something together, you start looking at it in a, a certain way uh, or defining it in a certain way, right? And it was really not difficult to see these guys uh, you know, as as uh, couples in a marriage, like, um, and so we started just referring to the sto- their storyline as a marriage, right? And then uh, that sort of came out in laws.
3: the
2: <laughs> right? That came out in the interviews too it was like people referred to them as being in a marriage, and so it was just a natural thing to play up uh, while while editing it you know, and they go through uh, through uh, breakups and then they get back together and they break up again. Right. Um, I mean you know if that's not a marriage, I don't know what is
1: right yeah and, and behind the scenes on this the uh, the key roles that were played in this was uh, the, the production of it was actually both of their wives. <laughs> um, you know, Mike in Ruff. the film talks about how his wife Roe yeah. kept them together. Well, Roe basically, just like she went behind Mike's back and invited Chris to their wedding, which kept them together for another eight years. She went behind Mike's back. We asked him for childhood photos, and she and Mike said we don't have any, <laughs> <none>. <laughs> any. and got none. And and you know, when uh, we discreetly went to Roe. And Ross said, he's lying. Yeah. We got some. Yeah. And again, Bindi Anton, our associate producer, went over to their house, went through the files, and got these photos, which allowed you to visually appreciate his childhood, what he went through, to see who his father was. I mean, just remarkable. And similarly, Jeannie uh, 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 from uh, the Russo family invited us, invited us into the house and said, you know what? This is who we are. That's, you that's know, amazing. Uh, and we're happy to share it with you. And those were some of the most. Poignant moments those images that we got from the wives letting us into their lives made the film special I'm not sure what the film would look like or if it would have touched people as much without them. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, that's a It's a really good. That's a really good point. I uh, Just to bring it back a little bit to to the to the fan thing and I don't want to try to stir up anything But I noticed Beningos in there. I noticed Evans in there There's a lot of there's a lot of CBS guys in there, but no boomer or carton was that was that? Was there anything to that or does it even matter because you guys had incredible interviews nance was hilarious <laughs> like, sneaky funny
1: yeah uh, i think you need to remember the timeline was basically when they were mike and the mad dog okay. uh, and boomer and Corton were not right. while they were mike right. and Mad right. Right. dog uh you know we have a little slap of each of them individually present day but our focus, the beginning was, you know, a little before they got together, and then w- once they were done. So it was that eighteen-year period, and Boomer and Carton just weren't a part of it.
4: Right. So we we just mentioned we were Chris and I were actually both texting each other while we were watching it separately about the show, and we both actually texted each other almost at the same time how we thought Jim Nance was was hysterical in the documentary. Is, is he was he a sort of a surprise? Uh, you know, sort of the, the level of his funniness or the character, or was there someone else who, who kind of blew you away with their interview or, or kind of the surprise, you know, interviewing?
1: Everybody blew us away. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 everybody we spoke to shared things we didn't know. Um, uh, Jim Nance is Michael Fran- Mike Francis's best friend in life. Oh, they wow. are that close. Wow. And Which I didn't and know we, either. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and uh, we knew that more than Parcells. Uh, <laughs> yeah, much more. Well, it, it, goes back to, it goes back to the fact that, uh, in essence, Mike was there when Jim arrived. Mike helped Jim. Mm-hmm. And Mike eventually left working with Brent to help uh, Jim Nance out. They became very, very close. They were both very young. They were both very talented. And they were both blossoming on the sports media scene at the t- same time. And so they were like confidence for, confidants for one another. And they've remained so for the last uh, 20 plus years.
0: That's I mean that's that's incredible. I, thanks for that little uh, hot take. Yeah, that's, we're that's we're gonna to we're gonna take that we're gonna take that with us. <laughs> um, you heard it here first, or maybe not here first, but you heard it here first, on Not for nothing. Um, did uh, I I wanted to also sort of just congratulate you on, on one on one scene because as the as the movie closes, there's that shot in Irving Plaza where you you sort of it's it's behind the audience and Russo, I think stands up or whatever and like and and there's just like a real magical moment in there did that did you guys notice that that was a magical moment because it felt like such a I was getting so nervous about how this was going to end and that shot to me was what really sort of drove Yeah I that love moment.
2: that shot too.
1: And those are the those are the most wonderful accidents. Yeah. Of production, yeah. and you never know the stories. It's like in Taxi Driver when he uh, bangs on the taxi and he says, yeah. "I'm walking here." Yeah. N- not in the script, not at all. Somebody actually almost hit him, and he banged on the car and did that. In this situation, uh, Midnight
2: Cowboy, by the way. Uh, <laughs>
1: um, an interesting situation hmm. on that was that we had three cameras at the shoot, and um, one of them was let's just say not having a good day. <laughs> And so I dragged him off the stage uh, where he was supposed to be. And I, uh, I said, I'm just going to get static shots with him. And originally he was on the stage. I put him like uh, in, in the front row, just shooting them. Gosh. That's where you get Chris at the beginning, you know, with the tight shot of him yelling and screaming. I moved him a little bit further back and said, stand here, just stand here and roll. And we were there for about a minute. I said, okay, I've got my medium shot of this. Now we're going to go all the way back, stand here and roll and it was because he was not very good that day that we ended up with he got two of the three shots i think made your final cut mario (laughs) (laughs) because he was not having a good day and that was one of them and it was just gorgeous you you got to see him you got to see the fact that they were not missing a beat after eight years apart and you got to see the true love of the audience going nuts while he went nuts and that's what that show was all about
2: yeah, it was a real, And I think it, it it matched the music so well.
0: That was something I wanted to ask you about as well. I'm sorry Chris, I just keep commandeering all no, these questions, fine. but how did you where did you guys come up with the soundtrack or what what was that process because it stuck out and it you know, it really I felt like it really fit. I'm a sort of sonically oriented person and I thought the soundtrack was incredible.
2: That Take was
1: it all away, no, no, <laughs> Take no, it that, away
2: was her, that was all Dan. I mean, it was. He, like at the beginning, when, when, when we were talking about scoring the film, he said, oh, I, I think it should be jazz. It should be like 40s and 50s big band jazz. And I said, say no more. That's perfect. That's exactly what we should do. So we kind of went that route. Um, you know Obviously that song at the end um, Is the epitome of that But you know There's like variations throughout And, and maybe You know A few Like more A few 90s songs To sort of uh, Or tracks You know Just area. to kind of like Get you a sense of that time period yeah. But yeah No Dan was like Like he hit it Right on right in the head uh, From the very beginning It and, didn't I mean, feel it's, gimmicky
3: it's,
0: It felt it, it just felt honest In fact I didn't even notice it Till probably 20 minutes in And it was and that I just i if it just felt fell seamlessly into you know what you were watching on on the screen
2: listen um the the I thought when you were talking about the ending, I thought you were going to say something about the the letterman little the letterman yeah. thing at the very very end, yeah because we 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 took that out and then we put it back in and we took it out again. And we, I don't know, I, I forget how it went, Dan, but like, I was like, I really miss it. And I think we found a way to put it back in. But I love that little moment with Letterman. It's just a funny moment. The, the yeah, Letterman the, thing yeah, we sure, incredible.
1: yeah, we we got it in by shortening the credits by taking out all the people we didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's show business. Right.
0: It's like the end no, of a the,
2: pharmaceutical the tru- the
1: ad. Of, yeah, the truth of the matter is that um, on that particular clip, uh, Mario missed it and um, uh, Jason Healy, one of our archivists who actually found the clip, uh, called me up one night after Mario said he missed it. And he said, oh no, you took it out. How could you do that? (laughs) And you know, and it was like, okay, we'll figure out a way to get it back back in. The the interesting thing was in editing this, uh, before we even actually did the interviews with uh, Mike and Chris, we had shot Francesca on, and I had to go on a trip and while I was on the trip, uh, uh, Mario was cutting uh, the opening and the closing, both Francesicon. And when he played me the clip, I thought it was Frank Sinatra at the end. And I said, Mario, it's great, but we can't afford that. <laughs> and he just said, uh, I, I'm in Tokyo and he's laughing hysterically and he's saying, it worked. It's a sound-alike We can't afford it
2: (laughs) It's a Louis Armstrong sound-alike And it was unbelievable Like, I just could not believe how accurate it is You know, it just feels right But yeah, yeah, it's not Louis Armstrong
1: Yeah, excuse me, Louis Armstrong, that's right Yeah, yeah, yeah (laughs) (laughs) And
2: <laughs> uh, by the way, you were in Japan, which 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 was crazy. I kept. I, did I send you files over there? Yeah, what you, you sent me it? files.
1: We were yeah. we were re- We were a real big time international production company. I know, right?
2: <laughs> how, uh, it sounds so glamorous. How long did it take? Uh, all all little in? little do they know that you were in jail there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Come on, that's that's uh, between the us. second hot
0: yeah, take. You heard right. it here first.
1: How long, it <laughs> how long did it take to edit? Was that your question? I just I just mean like soup whole... soup
0: to nuts. Like what. W- you know, from uh, well, from last Thursday. We took
2: breaks, right
1: yeah, from the from the minute from when we met with um, when I first met with the SPN and they uh, rejected my ideas before giving me this one on a platter, to the time that we finished, and uh, tried back it was about two and a half years. Oh. As far as the actual shooting. That took place over probably about a six-month period. The editing took place, I would think, uh, probably about a four-month period. Mario. does mm-hmm. that sound yeah.
2: right? Mm-hmm. I think so. October yeah. to January, yeah, pretty much.
0: It's a. I mean, it's a. It. it I I feel like the the lore of this happening through you know Simmons Bill Simmons and and you know just people in New York who just wished you know there's uh, there's been a constant rumor that Mike and the Mad Dog were getting back together since they broke up Still like is, it's yeah. it's it's always there right. and so then yeah. when this when the grumblings of this possible possibly happening started hitting that replaced the rumor the rumor was that there was going to be a thirty for thirty. And then I remember the first time I saw the preview, I, I lost. Out. I was like, Mike Francesa had a mustache, <laughs> <laughs> and <I> immediately texted, <laughs> texted Chris.
4: That's why he he wears one now. He has a mustache. I do now. actually.
0: Yeah, it's a Mike Francesa musca- <laughs> mustache. No.
1: One of the other one of the other notes we got on this for people is that they really enjoyed the music. And they also really enjoyed a lot of the graphics, and the graphics were by a gentleman named Carlos De La Vega uh, yeah. out here in Los Angeles, who was just magnificent. And I don't know if you remember the little bit with the needle going back and forth and the, uh, their dialogue mm-hmm. on top of the screen. Yes. Yeah. Mario, we're how bad. many days did we? How many days did we work on that to get the feel just right? I don't know.
2: You were working on it for a while, and then I came in and I threw everybody for a loop, and I was like, "Let's try this." let try this other thing. I don't know. It was a couple of days. It was a few days, is not a week. I don't know. It was. It was like a lot of money spent, but um. But I mean, it turned out really great. I think. I mean, he did a great job.
1: Yeah. I mean, was- yeah, he was great. And, and we we had a supervising producer named Mark Node who always cast the deciding vote on things where we all kind of you know we think this is it. We're, okay, bring Mark in. What do you think? Oh yeah, that's fine. Okay. Then it was done and we'd move on. Right, 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 right. That's yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, I, hey
2: guys, I have to yeah I have to hop off unfortunately. Yeah, I, think, I wanted I to mean, ask you guys what um what your favorite um New York themed thirty for thirty film is—I already know the answer—is *Brothers in Exile*. Um,
4: <laughs> but besides that one.
2: Yeah. Uh, what actually? What's your favorite uh, *Nick's* thirty for thirty? There's two. There's uh, *When the Garden Was Eden*, right, and then well, when the Garden Was um, Eden*. *Randy Miller* versus *The Ra- Knicks*.
0: Was Rappaport, right? And I think that was a—I don't know if that was a thirty for thirty. Was yeah, it? Yeah, it was. It was?
3: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, yeah, I, it can I just? Since you asked, and before you said the Knicks thing, i i have i have been telling people this since. Donald Trump started running for president, but if you watch the USFL 30 for 30, you will get an insider's look as to how Um. Donald Trump can manipulate and run and ultimately... Possibly destroy An organization <laughs> On the rise It's it's very telling And it and I I just can't imagine That more people Haven't gone back and To watch it To sort of get you know, Yeah that, a that's better. a
2: Michael Tolan special mm, Yeah, yeah. The, Michael Tolan I've been to his office And he has that letter From Trump Did you guys know about yes. this?
4: I, was, I think it was part of the show
0: I, didn't, I don't know yeah. about it
2: yeah Trump sent him a letter uh I mean you can you can you can uh, Google Mike Tolan and the Trump letter and yeah. you can see it but he basically he's like uh I don't know. I can't do Trump, but something like you know, this is a second-rate documentary. Bad, you know, <laughs> did a terrible job. Uh, it's, it's just it's perfect. fake it's
0: documentary, <laughs> christian uh, fa-
2: And one thing that I don't know that you guys know is that he um, he has it in his office, yeah. but he's turned it he's turned it away from people and towards the wall. He's like, I don't want that bad juju facing me. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, it was a real pleasure, guys. Mario, thank um, you so
0: much. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. We, I guess we can wrap this all. We could just put a little bow on this and, and wrap this up for everybody. We've we've done. We've taken forty minutes of your guys' time, and and I really, I, I wait. Chris, did you get a thirty for thirty vote by the way?
1: No, I I, I, yeah, we'll, I honestly don't have. A we'll, we'll, they've all been. Yeah, broken. we'll give you some of your own medicine. It was really really nice, but it was too short. <laughs> you know what I,
0: as soon as it came out of my mouth I knew that I had phrased it wrong I apologize guys I blew it uh, if you come back to New York don't look me up because you're not going to want to see my face um, I, uh, I, I, can't, I can't say how much I appreciate this yes. you, you guys have been terrific and uh, you truly did make a, an amazing film so thank you very much
1: thank you guys thank you you guys are fantastic really enjoyed it. Thanks,
0: guys. All right, I hope you guys listen to the pod take care Okay. Bye Wow! Wow! Hey, we're just we're back. That was fantastic. Yeah, we're live back. We are live. Hey, on the air. That was that was so fucking that bonkers. Was amazing, Chris. Um, I, since I'm just sucking everyone's dick right now, um, <laughs> sure. I want to say thank you for getting them on the phone. That was a feat on, in and of itself. I was so stressed out.
4: It wasn't that hard. Was it? No, it wasn't. I mean, Mario, Like as is always, Mario seems to be the man here. If you guys don't
0: know, Chris called the number, got Mario on, and then called another number, and and it was a voicemail for a guy named Ralph, <laughs> and we had 30 seconds to get him on the yeah. phone.
4: I think that's just how he screens calls. I think that's how Dan screens like, calls.
0: He's like, hey, this is Ralph. This is Ralph. I'm, like, I'm in Japan. <laughs> That was amazing. I don't want to do too much uh, I don't want to do too much do too much recapping no. and, and geeking out no, I think we should for people alone. that are still listening. Let it stand and, on its own. we should let it stand on its own, but I do want to say thank you once again. Yeah. First of all to Mike Davy for hooking it up, yeah. and also for for Mario. Did you buy I,
4: Mike I, this the steak? Uh, no, he
0: he owed me a steak. <laughs> okay, perfect. And it was funny <laughs> because he was going to get me a steak after he did the show here, but the steak place that he chose wasn't open cuz it ah. was like a holiday. Oh. And so I made him take me out for like a burger, and then I was like, "This isn't the steak dinner, Jerry." Right, right. <laughs> I was totally banned you. Yeah. So <laughs> soup then,
4: soup's not a meal. Yeah,
0: exactly. So <laughs> then, and then we shared a porterhouse, and I was like, "This is your porterhouse,
4: right?"
0: You, you shared, me you shared a me a couple bites, right?
4: Yeah. You still get a porterhouse,
0: yeah. yeah so I'm, I'm gonna milk the steak dinner, yeah, even should. though, yeah, I definitely owe, owe Mike a, a solid. It was. uh we'll a of He's Salt of the earth, you yeah. know. Mike knows good people. That's good. I don't know why he hangs out with me. Well. Chris
4: can all be perfect friends
0: so yes Chris 30 for 30 I mean I, I can genuinely say I enjoyed it yes and and I and I was like freaking out the next day when I turned my bathroom radio on <laughs> and Mike and the Mad Dog were on I thought I was losing my mind so much so I turned my radio off and turned it back on because I wasn't sure Your if voices. I was hallucinating because I had watched it the night before. It was so weird.
4: Now they were all they were all over uh, me, the media, like for the la- for the days, a couple days ahead of time, And a couple days afterwards. Russo this, was on ESPN all day long.
0: It's just cool to hear him like turning. I you know I have the, my radio on the fan, unfortunately, because I you know that's what it is. Yeah, I'm and sure uh, fan. uh hey, yeah, Joe and Evan. Uh, <laughs> I got to know what the Talking Heads are talking about. Yeah, and they were just on there, and they were just like freaking out. and And the funny thing about them, and I realized this is like such a New Yorker thing. It's like, yeah, in retrospect, I probably shouldn't have done that. Like, there's all that, (laughs) like, like, yeah, I was an asshole. Yeah, but like every like that was the ongoing theme of that movie and their relationship and everything. It was like. Yeah, I probably should have talked to him once in three months when we were fighting about <laughs> something I don't understand. I, c-
4: I can only hope we get to the level where we we can still be doing the show, not talk to each other for three months.
0: Dude, you know what it reminded me of? And <laughs> yeah. this is a, this is a, something for no one other than Chris. But Chris and I worked actually worked together like fifteen mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when me and Schreiber just like stopped yes. talking? Like my boss and I just stopped. Yes talking yes he finally got a new job yeah. <laughs> like it was like a, it was a standoff you. no but it was like he was like
4: he just basically left yeah yeah it w- I, you know what, now and you when i
0: saw that i was like oh my god that's
4: we're just kind of continuing the job on like doing your job and making sure everything was going but we
0: never interacted we would like <sighs> write emails to each other and we sat next to each other
4: yeah yeah
0: you're right yeah it's we'll never get do. there chris no
4: we know it's too no. strong our love is too strong for our love's other. too strong yes. and we're
0: too much alike and we're yes. both stubborn we're norwegian <laughs> yes.
4: yes and we're both huggers
0: we love the hug yes we love hugs. yes um i uh i i'm just i'm i can't i i hope that sounded as good as it felt
4: yeah it, i mean it, it, to me it did it felt great it sounded great I, I mean, we. I could have talked to those guys for two more hours, too, and just yeah. asking questions. Yeah. I mean, I, we, we could if we could have gotten into them with their other projects for 3430, thirty, and there, even their other projects that. Weren't ESPN based, which uh, they have a they have a great resume. So if you can look those guys up, yeah, check I out mean, their films.
0: Definitely, I uh, Brothers in Exile is a great one. Free Spirits is, is actually
4: probably one of my favorites.
0: I, is, just because it's about the old ABA and the St. Louis Hawks. That's a that's a great one. The, or St. Louis Spirits, sorry. And then there's one about there's there's one about uh Nick Young, right? Isn't that? Yeah, and then yeah, Dan, Dan did one about Dan, Nick yeah, Young, Yeah which I
4: I didn't know there was a documentary on Nick Young and him growing up in the hardships. No, of when his dads.
0: brother died yeah, or whatever. That's like, crazy. That's yeah. A, I don't know much about Nick Young other than he like. Put somebody on blast about like Bonin. What's her name? The, no, the he
4: hit. was the one that. He was, was the one that got yeah, put on blast. Yeah.
0: Oh man, it makes me like Nick Young a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, even. poor guy. Speaking of Nick Young and the Lakers, hey Chris, mm-hmm. Lonzo Ball is good at basketball. Of course he is. Jesus Christ! I don't think that was ever in doubt, was it? I know, but I'm like, why don't the Sixers have Lonzo I mean, Ball? <laughs> like, I would like to have Lonzo Ball. I
4: actually think Lonzo would have gone to Philly. I think he would have played in Philly, like if he didn't want like he didn't want to try out for Boston, right? He's there was that whole thing. I bag. mean,
0: Colangelo had to have called Magic and been like, "Yo, what about?" And they they were, were, I,
4: there were the rumors were that Philly was trying to trade. Um, uh, no, sorry, they traded I'm, down. I I'm I'm not
0: mad about Fultz. I'm I'm not. I I like what I've seen. He's got he's got some. He's just instinctively a good basketball player. Mm-hmm. And that sort think it of makes the guys better around. And him. that's like how Embiid's been, and and Simmons, he, I think, can hit, make some of those passes that Lonzo makes. You, but Lonzo's gonna be, Lonzo's gonna be good. He's
4: gonna be good. Uh, I mean, that right three now, point shot
0: is straight garbage, but he just doesn't care. He's like, yo, I'm gonna shoot this garbage three pointer. But and he'll make it. It seems he like. was one for twenty two, and he just kept shooting. Yeah, like that's right. what you need today. Right, that's your mentality.
4: Yeah, I, I think the. It's, you know it was odd because I started watching a little more and more summer
0: league basketball. I hated it because I was like, I'm drinking this fucking Kool Aid, right? But but you but you notice like you when you watch Lonzo oh, and the Lakers,
4: like the energy and the excitement and the rest of the players around him are just like, like they're just going all out because they know he's gonna get him the ball. And then you watch another team that's sort of like, all right, we're just kind of playing here, yeah. And they're like, you could totally there's there, you just notice the difference in like,
0: did you catch Market in at all? No Me neither I forgot about him I He must not have had A good little summer it.
4: I don't know how good the Chicago might not have Even been like That
0: good as a team anyway But Well they had Valentine Or Valentine Yeah the, Valentine And yeah. he was playing Off the chain
4: uh, Maybe I don't know I just There wasn't anything there Dennis Smith played really well Yeah
0: Dennis Smith mm-hmm. buddy Yeah, yeah. Remember yeah. Remember
4: you know what? I, the funny thing I heard someone—it's an easy name
0: to remember because ninety percent of the Earth's population has that name. <laughs> right. So don't don't forget it. Wait, I'm what's saying, the most like boring name I could think of? Dennis Smith. Yeah, right, that's junior. It's also junior. Oh, really? Yeah, so he's a junior. Jesus. Yeah.
4: Um, but it's it's summer league, so let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Exactly. Like There's guys who
0: have like they're like, playing against nobody. Nobody's like that. Nobody the putting up thirty six. Uh, on a, in a summer league game There's no is,
4: defense Really being played Well though.
0: it's also like You're just not taking much. away Opportunities from other players Yeah But Lonzo was passing the, but Lonzo was making that One like Damn. Euro dude Look great And that guy was Not <sighs> yeah. even good yeah, yeah 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 He's like look up the, He's like there's a ball In his hand
4: The one major di- difference I will say is, is You can notice Lonzo's talent Above all the other guys On the court basically like there's dudes That were, that were trying Always to like taking just,
0: the ball Up the court I'm not I'm just being devil's advocate No but. he was
4: No I mean he, You could just see He had talent wise Like he was You could just see him Making basketball plays That no one else Was basically making On that court It's and what the, other, It's
0: what Philly wanted From Simmons so like last year Other dudes were just
4: Trying to like Showboat themselves Basically and go like Oh I gotta I got, I got to jack up All these shots And like make a name For myself here was But was think Playing basketball And 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 making You know Just
0: being Head and shoulders Well he's above. so mellow Like it's right, hard right. to tell It's It's funny I used to think That like This was the new product of the Summer League. I only watched my first Summer League when Adam Morrison was trying to make a comeback (laughs) on the Nets. That was my first Summer League (laughs) game. That was like probably three or four years ago. But what I, in doing like a minor research, I found out like people would do it. Like Kobe balled out at Summer League. Durant balled out at Summer League. Like Luke Walton balled out. Like people did. People have done this for a oh, while yeah, yeah. I, mean, it's I a thought viable, it was just like a new thing no. I guess before it was just to 100 people And now it's like Right there's so thousands. many more teams
4: I think I think Not all the teams used to do it originally And now it's become popular enough for Where every team wants to get some Get their young guys Get some run And some tryouts going. And it was That's a, a good way to do that.
0: It was a particularly good draft for, for Yes for, for it And I Yeah, uh,
4: yeah. The other Laker guy, Kuzma, you know, he played pretty well. He stood out actually. Yeah, he was a late first rounder.
0: Yeah, I mean, I it's what I found frustrating about watching Philly is I I was like, well, I want all these guys, right? Like, I kind of fell in love with all of them. Yeah, you kind of start liking them, and you just realize like how much, how hard it is to get into the NBA when you see these guys. Like, if Travis Collins doesn't get drafted in the top ten. He might be like, I need to play better in fucking summer league right now because I'm not doing that good. But he's lottery, so he gets like a free ride. You mean John Collins? No, Travis Collins for Portland. Isn't that isn't that his name? Travis Collins.
4: Oh, Zach Collins. Zach Collins. Sorry, Zach Collins. yeah, thank that you. One. There's there was a couple of different
0: Collins. There drafted, is actually. another Collins. Yeah. yeah. There was John Collins in John Atlanta, Atlanta who, who played had, really well. He had a good, yeah, nice he dunk. Had a good, uh, Atlanta. Atlanta. God. But there were teams like New
4: York, like the Knicks. Like I, I watched a couple of their games. And I was interested. In, I'm like, I don't really, I don't want any, I don't want to see any of these guys in the NBA. Let's
0: just avoid talking about that dog shit team today. <laughs> I don't want to put any more thought and effort into why they can't do anything right. It's crazy to me. It's <laughs> absolutely crazy to me. It doesn't, like, if you just look at, I'm going to do it anyway. The Tim Hardaway Jr. deal. It's so hard not to. The Tim Hardaway Jr. deal. If you asked. One hundred people on the street, if they would do it, one hundred people who like have, Some I don't know, an old brain. Sporting News <laughs> subscription. They would not do. Like they would not. There's nothing that makes sense out of it. And you can like him all you want. He just <coughs> it doesn't make sense. I don't. I'm not going to beat a dead horse. It, I, I hope he has a fine career in New there's York. There's too
4: many other guys making equivalent money to him, though. That it's not. It's not as crazy as you think it is to give him that contract. He just happens to be playing New York, and New York's a
0: mess. But there were other pieces that look like him, and now they're talking about not getting rid of Melo.
4: Well, I think that's just posturing, or that's just trying to make sure, like I think know, they're just trying culture, to get a general manager. It's to a, do a culture change, deal. Chris. So they're just, you know, the, the culture's changing there. So they're gonna, you know, do what's best now. They're
0: so. gonna. Uh, it's so. It's so. aha.
4: <laughs> anyway. Seriously, if like Phoenix, or or Sacramento, and Sacramento probably a bad uh, example, but like Minnesota or Phoenix or some other just random. You know team that But th- that they wouldn't do that
0: Because they're rebuilding And they wouldn't do that no, Think of it, how much more excited You'd be as a Knicks fan To have to The Minnesota, Phoenix Suns lineup they right just
4: gave Taj Gibson A $16 million deal For two years Per year Like who, t- Taj Gibson's getting $16 million a year Yeah Come they on, just man.
0: overpaid Some other they, they got Crawford right Teague didn't they get Jamal Crawford too
4: uh, They might have paid Jamal
0: Crawford a little bit. I can't remember I who. Mean, there,
4: people are, that's what I'm saying People are handing out contracts This is insane Why?
0: Watch Summer League There's all sorts of good players In that shit yeah,
4: Apparently yeah
0: <laughs> I'm just saying like if the, if the Phoenix Suns Were the New York Knicks You'd be excited about that team
4: Yeah No yeah. no no, no. I, I think I agree with you on that But I'm just saying If Phoenix signed Tim Hardaway Jr. For the same deal You'd be like This is a
0: stupid fucking move
4: No The nation wouldn't be up in arms Over this because it's the Knicks It's just getting a little more
0: Publicity And a little more hype Publicity, publicity. Um, The Nets picked up a, Another contract I don't really understand it For like a late first rounder mm-hmm. From Toronto it's Supposed to be their biggest rival But I guess That doesn't matter anymore When you're rebuilding
4: No and if a team Wants to get rid of a contract
0: they, you know, they call the Nets
4: Yeah they call the Nets Yeah yeah. yeah.
0: I mean I you think used it's used to call a, Philly Not anymore I think it's a good play it Yeah It's a smart play Yeah we have We got Tomar that Carroll's not a terrible player He's still We decent. got splittered As proof Yeah or splitter, uh, Tiago splitter. Yeah, yeah. That dude, I I mm-hmm. went to.
4: You got a lot of players as proof. I mean, there's a lot of trades that went down that you. Yo, check out our fucking. Taking draft picks. Check out
0: me. the Sixers' salary cap. Like, their highest paid player is, I think Tiago Splitter. Like they don't have any. They they've got so much room. They could do well, all sorts Reddick, of crazy yeah. yeah. Right. Oh yeah, Bynum took us what 15 years to get out of yeah or anything. Right. anyway that's neither here nor there i'm really excited about basketball you know what i'm really excited about timofee mozgov shooting three pointers yo that was that was the silkiest fucking text i've ever got <laughs> yeah. i love how you just i i love how you just fucking ex-girl to the next girl i'm fucking screech <laughs> got that before, was dope. Chris can't look back you were i know but you were so you're you're the only person who didn't think that was an amazing trade by the Nets because you couldn't get your head <laughs> out of screech. Lopez is a hoe. Are people aren't even talking about him being on the team when LeBron comes over there. Like he's just
4: oh no, he's gone after this. Unless he's unless he's taking a ten ten million dollar pay cut. Like he he's not probably going to make twenty million anymore.
0: Oh man, he. So just,
4: they might be able to fit him on there somehow, but yeah, he's he's pretty much they basically just took his cap space. That's what that's why they traded for him
0: was That space. makes me a little sad.
4: It's just a business name. I
0: went to look up a GIF of him for, for you to like respond to your text. And I found <laughs> the only one I could find of him playing basketball was him dunking on Robin Lopez. And yeah. I was, like, I was like.
4: It's a highlight. It a good ew. Yeah. It's gross. It's nice. I don't like
0: looking at it. Dunking him. on his brother like that? No. Oh, take it. Robin's like, brother, why'd you do that to me? <laughs> that was an actual soundbite. That, that, that is was. how Robin Lopez talks. <laughs> Like a fucking drunk Muppet It's crazy I listened to a podcast at the one time And I thought it was a joke For like the first 30 minutes I was like there's no way Robin Lopper talked like this It was bonkers He went to Stanford
4: Of course he did All right, They both did So Chris One talks like Screech The other one talks like a Muppet I mean how could they not have weird voices That's true Yeah
0: That's true Listen, I, wherever wherever Screech Lopez ends up, I hope my wife is near behind to fly kites flying with him, kites. catching all that all that good. We wind. gotta
4: make like a funnier dive video with that or something. I don't know. Yeah, what F- kind of flying kites?
0: It was the most crazy thing I ever had heard. <laughs> I'm sure ever. he'll be up
4: for it. He's a he's a weird dude. I'm sure he's up for stuff like that.
0: I was like Kristen, if you had to date a net player, who would it be, and what would you do? <laughs> and I thought she would be like Joe Jesus, fuck a lot, like I was like.
3: <laughs> Yeah,
0: because that's how your wife talks. <laughs> no, but I mean, I thought she—I did not see uh, the secret. The, the secret. Yeah, yeah, she just had a tender place in her heart for him, mm-hmm. and then I kind of did. But I was like, man, everybody knows the person to take at that moment is Mason Plumley, because he's the greatest. My was, wife
4: was a, a Teletovich fan, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah also thought, he looked fun. nice. Yeah,
0: but he had grimy hair though, dude. He need to figure out that hairdo. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, uh, we got five minutes left mm-hmm. here. Did you have anything that you were planning on talking about today? No, I, I,
4: I didn't. uh, I didn't plan for anything after the interview. Um, Let's talk
0: about whatever we wanted to talk about. Great. Um, There's a million things that have been in my mind recently about. It's all NBA related, and I think we've beat the NBA horse to death a little bit. So I think it's time to just put a moratorium. Summer leagues ending. Mm -hmm. Maybe let's just get excited. Sure. For for baseball. Oh God,
3: (laughs) baseball.
0: (laughs) <laughs> baseball. Um there's going to be plenty to talk about for football, that's for sure. Well, football? I mean, it's it's funny that NBA is getting Fever. talked about this late. Yeah. And it
4: really cut into some NFL talk, I think. It exactly. Away. It, it cut into
0: NFL talk, yeah. not Major League baseball yes. talk. Yes. <laughs> is that funny?
4: I was impressed though. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, I I mean, it's it's great. It's 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 like Stern turning over into silver. It's like <laughs> let's keep NBA relevant. As long as humanly possible, and now people are starting to talk about the NFL, but it's all sort of just speculative. I I will say the Panthers fired their GM today. People are on your fucking San Diego pick yes. already, dude. I wish they weren't. I was like, that's is that's that the a- death
4: kiss? Then is that the kiss of death? Then? Should
0: well, we I mean, it's kind, they're then? kind of turning into like the Minnesota Timberwolves of last year. Like,
4: yeah, like they're gonna yeah, they're yeah, like
0: they're the jump hype on the bandwagon. team. So, Chris, I ask you this. Mm-hmm. Who's your second bandwagon team this year? Who do you think is going to be a surprise oh, hit in the surprise NFL? Surprise hit. I mean, Based on what they've done in the draft and in camp.
4: That means I can't pick Tennessee Titans because I don't no, think, yeah, they're, no. they're, they're they're already up on the machine. Also
0: remember like, Mike Malarkey runs that team. <laughs> <laughs> Just be careful. Tread lightly when you're going into Malarkey territory. Man, um,
4: that's a good question. Jacksonville's out. I think everyone's kind of. They're either everyone's either too high or too low on them, and they're too up and down. They're too helter skelter.
0: I feel like I feel like, well, my you know my prediction that LA is gonna suck. Yeah. Um, the Raiders. What are the what are they? Oakland? Are they Vegas? I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, I think the Raiders are gonna stink, and I think the Giants are gonna be good. Giants. Geno yeah. Smith. I mean, Brandon Marshall's gonna bring some to that team. I think.
4: Maybe enough. I don't know. Like, I, I
0: is it too early to tell, Chris? I
4: think it's too early. Hey, to is tell. Brock
0: Osweiler? Uh, throwing the football In Cleveland
4: Yeah I think he is
0: That's gonna happen right I think,
4: it, I think it's gonna happen here Unless you know their draft what? pick Kaiser really uh, Actually You know
0: Won't you help me sing? <laughs> Can I pick the Colts Yeah Alright I like that How do I do the Colts Everyone,
4: I like that I think the Colts Playoff
0: s- appearance is a, is a good possibility
4: Everything that I've, I've read so far is No one's thinking that way yet the Colts They, they think they're still Like a season or two for, uh, Away And Andrew Luck's
0: ripe He's ready. He's
4: got to be hungry. He's got to yeah. be just hungry. chomping. Up He's the not very head.
0: hungry. Okay. One last thing before we go. Okay. And it's baseball related because it's fun to close on this. Mm. Hey, did you hear the news? <laughs> the Mets aren't going to bring up Tim Tebow.
4: I think it's an out and out lie.
0: Why would you say that now? Why would anybody ever give a fuck at all? Because like,
4: people love this.
0: It's so dumb
4: People love this stuff This is why people love Like the McGregor Mayweather fight And all the trash Oh my talk god going So on. I
0: have to tell you Anthony I was working with Anthony today Anthony Moreno Brown He wants Moreno. to come and do A fight special oh. He loves the McGregor oh, bullshit Oh great He's gonna be perfect then for I can it. rip into so him So we've got a fight analysis analysis Sometime in August analysis, I, Before, the, um, before the, fi- the fight happens Tebow sucks Dan Mario You guys are incredible Thank you guys that's, this was because I'm sure they're listening fun right through. Well, they're going to listen. They're going <laughs> to listen back. Hey, Mario, just hit me with an email. So I know that you listen this far. All the way, <laughs> I apologize for that. Roberto Clemente Gaff. Hey, guys, not for nothing. Hope you have fun. We're gone. <laughs>